Peter has confessed our Lord to be the Christ of the Son of the living God. No mere man, no mere prophet, the living Son of the living God. And Christ has given his first prediction. He was coming, suffering, death in Jerusalem. And he's told his disciples, and he tells us through them, that if we would be his disciples, we must take up our cross and follow him on the way of struggle, hardship, and difficulty. That we must be willing to follow him in the way that he has gone before us. In order to strengthen his apostles and us, now we're told he goes up the high mountain of Oreb with Peter, James, and John, and he is transfigured before them. His face shines like the sun. His clothing is dazzlingly white, brilliant. To give them courage that his suffering and death will not be a defeat, but will end in victory. And to give us courage and hope that in our struggles and following him, that our efforts will also be rewarded if we are faithful and follow him in faithfulness to the end. This sign of his transfiguration is a sensible sign. What they saw was a, a sensible light that could be, could be perceived with our eyes. But it was a sign of his divine glory which cannot be seen in his life. And so it gives us hope and courage as we face the struggle of faithfulness and following him. And as you know, especially those of us who are a little older, our faith is meeting great challenges in the world today. And it looks like it's going to get worse as time goes on. So we will be put to the test. We are being put to the test. And we have to have the courage to follow him with that faith that enables us to step out into the darkness of this world with the courage to pursue and per persevere even when it seems like perhaps it might be useless. Now there are three things required for us to see things in this world. Although we have the natural power of vision which Peter, James, and John's had, there are three things required for that. First of all, you have to have the eyes that have the power of being able to see, the power of sight. There must be objects of vision to excite that power, bring it into activity so that we can see. I could have perfect vision, but if there's nothing in the universe except me, I would never know I had it because there'd be no way to excite it and bring it into activity. And then thirdly, there must be light to illuminate these objects of vision. For I could have perfect vision, there might be all kinds of stuff around. There could be this church full of people. If it was absolute darkness, I would not be able to see you, even though I had good vision and there are objects of sight. Without light, we cannot see. And in a same, similar way, the divine things of Christ, although we cannot see them now, we cannot see his divinity, there are likewise three things required. First of all, 
we have to have the power, the spiritual power to see Christ. And that's faith. Faith is to our spirit what our eyes are to our body. Without faith, we cannot Christ, we cannot see Christ, we cannot know him, we cannot grasp who he is with the faith confessed by St. Peter. Christ in his public life was seen by many, but they saw him only as a man, a prophet, a great prophet. It was only the gift of faith given to Peter that allowed him to see Christ as the God-man, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one whom Israel had waited for for so many generations and centuries. And then, of course, the object of that spiritual vision is Christ himself. And then we must have the light of the Holy Spirit even then to be able to recognize Christ for who he is and to follow him and to recognize the love of the Father that comes to us through Christ in the Holy Spirit. And that alone can give us the courage to follow him in the way of the cross, which is the way of all faithful Christians. If you think about it, our natural powers of sense, our eyes, ears, smell, touch, and taste, enable us to get in contact with the world around us. We experience our lives naturally in relationship with the things around us. And if we don't get past the natural in our lives, we become the center of the universe and everything revolves around us. It's only with the spiritual vision that God gives us that we can recognize that there is, in fact, another life that awaits us for the faithful who follow him in this life. And we don't see that yet. We can know it. We know there's life after death. We know for the faithful that there will be a life that we cannot begin to imagine. St. Paul says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it so much as even dawned on us. But God has prepared for those who love him, who are faithful to the end. And that life is prepared for us is to be one with God and with and through Christ. Become by grace what Jesus is by nature. To see God face to face. To know him as we are known. And so this life here and now is to prepare us for that vision. We cannot yet see it. And we're not yet prepared for it. Only the saints will see him. Until we are made perfect, we cannot see God. And so the transfiguration of Christ is to strengthen us, to give us the courage to persevere on this way of following him to life. St. Peter, in today's gospel, when he sees our Lord 
transfigured in Moses and Elijah, conversing with Christ about his coming suffering and death, Peter is overcome. He said, Lord, it's great for us to be here. Let me build three booths, three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Then a cloud overshadows them, and the voice from the cloud says, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Cloud dissipates. Only Christ is left. Obviously, the Father is speaking of Christ. He's telling us, if you would be able to obtain the vision of glory that you might see me face to face, you must listen to him. Which means not merely to receive his word, but means to do it. That word of God, which is truth and life, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And it cannot change in its essence. We have three principles of that word of life to guide us in this life, to prepare us for the vision of glory. And those three things are sacred scripture, the Bible, the apostolic tradition, the deposit of faith from which the Bible de- derives, and the, and the um, um, magisterium of the church, the authentic magisterium of the church. There is nothing else. So how are we to know what that word of life and truth is? It is the scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit to inspire the sacred writers to write what God intended and wanted for them to write, to reveal to us his way. And so the scriptures themselves are quasi-sacramental. They're not for us to interpret as we want. They must be interpreted as God intends them to be interpreted. And so the way that happens is that they refer the Bible back to its source, which is the apostolic tradition, the deposit of faith, which Christ gave to his apostles at the Last Supper, when he said to them, I no longer call you servants. Servant doesn't know what his master is about. Now I call you my friends, because I have revealed to you everything I have heard from my Father. I give you everything I have heard from my Father. That's the deposit of faith. That's the apostolic tradition. And so... The scriptures interpreted in the light of that apostolic tradition as witnessed by the lived faith of the church for 2,000 years and interpreted by the authentic magisterium gives us assurance, absolute assurance, of the way that leads to true life. And it cannot change. So, now is the time for us to Build not three tents for Moses, Elijah, and Christ, but to build within us a tent in which the Holy Spirit of the Father and the Son can dwell and reveal Christ to us.
in his love for us, beyond, I'll tell you, his ferocious, unconquerable love for us, which could not be overcome even by his suffering and death, that we might trust in him, that we might follow him, that we might listen to him and allow him to erect within us the temple of the divine being of God. So that when we pass beyond the veil of this life, we may indeed be able to be recognized by the Father as an image of his Son, so that he might take us to himself. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.